right, welcome back to the latest and the greatest of the Blue Brothers Sportscast. I'm Caleb, and with me as always is Brandon. And Brandon, it is the most wonderful time of the year. No, it is not because Christmas should start in November. It is because football is on TV every single day until I think it's the Tuesday after Thanksgiving or something like that. So anyways, there's a lot of football and more football makes me happy. Uh, that being said, we were also giving a small, uh, little blessing this past weekend for not having the Lions play. They didn't lose. I know. I was waiting for some bad news to like hit social media for the Lions to somehow manage to land a L during the weekend though. Yeah. And you and I tied each other in fantasy football. Yeah. Which I didn't know that was possible. Uh, I think it's happened to me before. I can't remember, but I blame you for that. I don't blame it for me playing the wrong tight end because my other <laughs> tight ends actually scored points. But anyways, um, so we don't really have anything to talk about the lines from this past weekend, but we do always start off uh, talking about the lines. So we get to talk about the upcoming game, which is probably going to be another thriller. Because it's going to be on the road against the Steelers. Hooray. Yeah, I I hate the Steelers. I really (laughs) do. Because they're one of those teams that the NFL just swoons over. And they love to talk about all the time. Mm. That just, I don't know, that drives me nuts. I feel like they haven't done anything for a while. They really haven't. But it's just one of those teams that the NFL loves like the Packers. Yeah, um, but the Packers are always like not contending for a Super Bowl, but contending in the postseason. Do this have the Steelers always been in the post? Maybe the Steelers do it too. Yeah, the Steelers had a long run where they're um in the playoffs all the time. Yeah, I knew they did, but man, I'm trying to think of like recent years if they've even really done much, but uh whatever. Well, Ben Roethlisberger's been the quarterback for like 30 years, I feel like. And like the last five years, he's kind of sucked. Yeah, he's more machine than man. (laughs) Pretty much. It's like RoboCop. (laughs) (laughs) He's half man, half machine, all all quarterback. He's Uh, uh, half steel. (laughs) Dun, dun. Uh, So yeah, they put the Steelers at one on Sunday on Fox. Thankfully. Yeah, how it should be. Um, You know, I mentioned Ben Roethlisberger's quarterback. Man, the Steelers' offense isn't all that great. This year's Steelers' team isn't the best. Uh, The Lions would possibly have a chance of winning this one, but it depends on which Lions team shows up. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, they completely crap the bed against the Eagles, so who knows what will happen. Uh, the Steelers have Najee Harris at running back, kind of a familiar name there for Michigan fans. Mm-hmm. Um, since he snubbed us, uh, they got usually they have Juju Smith-Schuster at wide receiver, but he got hurt and he's out for the season. Um, so they got Deontay Johnson's kind of like their main target. He's having a decent season. Uh, they also have Chase Claypool. 
he had a really good rookie season this year. He hasn't done as much, but still, you know, big target with a lot of ability. Uh, and then on the defensive side of the ball, they have Devin Bush. Uh, maybe you've heard of him. <laughs> uh, they also have TJ Watt. Maybe you've heard of him too. I mean, from um, uh, Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Yeah. yeah. I almost said Iowa. He is one of the best pass rushers in the NFL and a guy that I want the Lions to draft and they didn't. <laughs> so that's always fun to watch. Uh, so I'm expecting him to be get at least a sack or two on Goffel this week. But yeah, I'm not really expecting much from the Lions in this one. I, I can't even remember the last time I saw the Lions beat the Steelers. Like, I might have to look that up. Oh yeah, that would be interesting. You forgot to mention the other Michigan player, Gentry. Oh yeah. At tight end. <laughs> yeah, I, I totally did forget that because... That totally... That totally was a surprising move by me. I mean, apparently he's been doing all right, but yeah, he, uh, I still remember when he got drafted. I thought that was rather surprising how high. I think the last time I saw the Lions beat the Steelers was on Thanksgiving, and it was a long time ago. Jerome Bettis was still on the Steelers, and they did the, the coin toss in overtime. Hmm. And uh, the Steelers picked heads, and it was heads. And for some reason, the ref thought they said tails and gave the Lions the ball. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I feel like ever since that, the NFL's been making up with terrible calls towards the Lions. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not like the Lions have been doing much to help themselves anyway. So yeah, uh, so, yeah, the Lions are fourteen, seventeen, and one all time versus the Steelers. So it's fairly even, I guess. Hmm. doesn't feel like it but yeah so we got that to look forward to so oh. do we want to get in the the main part of the show oh yeah i don't know man we were having such a good time talking about the the lines i don't think we should <laughs> let that end let's chalk up another l all right well uh michigan coming off a win this weekend after bouncing back after the Michigan State loss. Um, we actually, both of us rocked out with our predictions last week, um, probably because we didn't have to predict anything for the Lions. Um, we both, uh, yeah, we we were 100% with everything. Uh, we both took Michigan to win, cover, and have the under uh, for the points. And then I picked Wisconsin covering negative 13 against Rutgers, which the final score was 52 to three. <laughs> and then you were correct in the chargers covering negative one over the Eagles. Right. And my question was if Michigan was going to have uh, for the second time this season, a running back and a wide receiver <laughs> with over a hundred yards and uh, Johnson and Haskins made that happen right so um yeah so indiana 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 um that game was a good defensive uh performance for michigan um probably easily could have been a shutout um 
you know, they were just a couple plays away from stopping Indiana on that uh, one drive that they had kind of similar to Northwestern, I think it was, but overall though, it, I saw some people and I didn't read it, uh, read the articles and everything, but they're just like, Oh, Michigan's dominating performance against Indiana. And I was like, really, you want to use dominating (laughs) when they played at home against Indiana, a team that is two and seven and injured also like they've got injuries all over the place. And Michigan just finished by beating them by 22 points. Like, uh, I mean, it was convincing, sure. And, you know, they controlled the game. There was not a question in that. But, man, the offense was blah. Like, I don't know what they were doing. Yeah, it was a boring game. I'm going to be honest. Oh, yeah, it was definitely a boring game. So, I mean, basically it was the Cornelius Johnson and Hassan Haskins show because uh, Johnson had five receptions for 108 yards. The next receiver had 31 yards. And then Haskins had 168 yards. And the next um, uh, highest rushing yards was 18. So, basically that was the whole thing. Mm-hmm. There were only 18 pa- – uh, sorry, there were 28 total pass attempts. McNamara only had 168 passing yards. I mean, they did it. They got it done. But for going up against a team riddled with injuries, and there was a a key player for Indiana that went down during the game too. I can't remember if they came back in the game or not. It just, I don't know. I mean, this is Michigan we're talking about. Like, you could say something like this, like, with OSU or some other things where it's just like, Oh, no big deal. You know, they'll bounce back, but it's Michigan. (laughs) And what we've seen for the past seven years is not good results when things like this happen. So it does not make me feel great going into this weekend against Penn state, which we'll get to here in just a minute. Um, Defense, uh, as I said, defense performance, uh, they did well. And uh, Hill, Ross, Hutchinson, um, great performances. Uh, Upshaw did did well also. And uh, Ojabo is, mm-hmm. gosh, all those guys, you know, have been fantastic. Uh, Moody, Moody for Heisman, you know, I'm going to probably say that every week. <laughs> Um, because he's scoring the most points for the team, probably. Ah, uh, because he went through for three, uh, for field goals again. So, yeah, uh, yeah, that's kind of like the. I mean, that's the constant thing with Michigan is just settling for field goals so many times. <laughs> I said that um during the game that they Michigan should trademark uh go kick it instead of go blue (laughs) so go moody go moody so yeah just annoying uh because that's that's not going to work against uh you know it it didn't work against michigan state 
And it's not going to work if they do something like that against OSU. And I don't think it's going to work uh, against doing stuff like that against Penn State. Yeah. So. Man, I hate settling for field goals. Oh, yeah. The, the ones that piss me off the most is when you get a turnover. Mm-hmm. Like they get you get you cover a turnover and then you go down the field and kick a field goal. Like that's a loss to me. Yeah. <laughs> like you got to capitalize on that stuff. The Lions do that crap all the time. Totally. For sure. So, yeah. I don't know. I don't really have much else to say about the Indiana game. Did you have anything you wanted to mention or other than it was boring? (laughs) (laughs) Not really. Um, I was kind of racking my brain today trying to remember things from the game. And the only thing I could think of was, you know, Haskins running all over the place. Yeah. Uh, One of the things that stood out to me was uh, Hutchinson's outside coverage of the uh, pass that they tried to throw to the quarterback. Yeah. Um, that was uh pretty athletic for a guy his size. Oh yeah, he's always like pulling off stuff like that. Yeah. So well yeah, I can't think of anything else really. Cause yeah, as you said, it was boring and just I mean, uh, uh, good defensive performance, but man, that offense head scratcher and not making me feel good about this weekend. Uh, but to transition things, we'll go ahead and because uh, I'm not sure what our voicemails are for if they're talking about the Indiana game or the upcoming Penn State game. So we're going to listen to our voicemails uh, before moving forward then. Right. Go blue, go blue, go blue, go blue, go blue. You dig it. Can you dig it, baby? Can you dig it, baby? So this, I'm, this is the first of my two calls. Michigan State. Hold up, man. I'm trying to let me be let me be serious. Let me put my serious face on. All right, I got my serious face on. Y'all fans did all that talking. Referees don't travel. Sucks, right? Referees don't travel. So so I noticed I noticed about Michigan, but, but but I just gotta go out to you know Rico Beer, Mike Valenti, whomever. All you Michigan State fans. But what? It's funny. One guy tore him up against Michigan, which is Andrew Anthony. One guy. So the blueprint was already there. The secondary was already garbage. I mean, man, they couldn't cover a plate of pancakes with syrup, man. And and you let David Bell go. Like, David Bell was a bad guy. Like, he wasn't a good player. You let one guy put that whooping on you like that. That fans actually thought they were going to, win the, going to the playoffs. We know what happened last time they got to the playoffs. 38 nothing to Alabama. We know what happened. And I know the fans are like, well, at least we made it to the playoffs. You lost 38 nothing. So that's like, that's literally like being nominated for the award against, at, 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 like, at, at, the, at the Oscars or something. Knowing you got one of the, the, a movie nobody ever heard of, but you're nominated. Okay, you got nominated. Your people knew you were going to lose, but, but I digress. All that talking. Now you're ranked behind Michigan. You're behind, like, little brothers are always behind big brothers. That's the way, and I, I know I know y'all don't like the big brother stuff, but, hey, it, I, it is what it is at this point. They focus so much on trying to beat Michigan, which is cool. They beat them, but the referees assisted. Referees didn't help them against Purdue. Got chopped up by a team full of three, two or three stars, and they were actually equal because Michigan State got a team full of two and three stars. They got the supposed Heisman, Heisman front runner. I mean, he did all right yesterday. 
but he's not, he ain't, he ain't invincible. But man, y'all got to stop all that talking. Purdue, I know they attack, and, and I have the, I, I, I don't, I have the unfortunate um, access from seeing a lot of Michigan State fans complaining about Michigan losing to Michigan State 10 out, 10 out of 14 times, whatever. Look, Michigan ain't lost to Purdue in a minute, for one. For two, why should Michigan fans root for Michigan State? For what? Like, just, just hold that L and stop all the talk. Purdue, you let one guy top you up. That's a shame. All right, Stephen. Uh, thanks for the voicemail and uh, the little brother comment. <laughs> that made me chuckle. Um, yeah, I wasn't planning on saying anything uh, about Michigan State, but one thing, one thing I will say is because, um, yeah, he's come from Alabama and everything. It is – we may have talked about it before, but it is a different thing up here, man, and uh, just – not really uh, something directly to what Steven said, but just had me thinking about it. Dude, losing to Michigan State sucks so much just <laughs> because people talk about it all the time. And I think the worst thing, and I know you and I, Brandon, have talked about this, but I, can't, I don't know that I was on the show, but the worst thing is those Michigan State people who might not have even gone to school there because I know that's a big deal to them. Like you yeah. can't be a fan unless you went to school there. Um, but those Michigan state people who don't talk about sports at all, they can't even name the store starting quarterback for Michigan state, but then Michigan loses the Michigan state. And then all of a sudden they start chirping. <laughs> oh my gosh. So yep. just kill me now. But um, yeah, Michigan state. Well, I mean, as as Brandon, I know we've said this before, you know, Michigan versus Michigan state is like Michigan state super bowl. Like they go all out. Like it is everything all or nothing, like more than Michigan has ever been about it. It seems like it's all or nothing, which is stupid, but that's what they do. So mm -hmm. I'm completely not surprised that they lost to Purdue because, you know, you're coming off, off of that huge high of beating Michigan. So I was not surprised to see that. I wasn't predicting it, but when it happened, I was not surprised whatsoever. So, I mean, Michigan State stepped up their game. Michigan, mm, they had a better performance, but they didn't. They did not step up their game for the Michigan State game. Um. So, yeah, that's that's my two thoughts on that. Uh, anything on that, Brandon? Before moving along, or? Uh, no, not really. I watched the end of the the Sparty Purdue game and I kind of saw it coming. I mean, Purdue does that to teams. They catch people off guard quite a bit. You know, they even talked about that. The commentators did and they showed, you know, highlights of that game against Ohio state a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. some other ones do that though. They have like a record for being most wins against ranked teams being unranked. Uh, Gosh, I, I believe it. They've got some they kind did. of stat like I that. think they showed that. I can't remember how many it was. I think it was like five or six. Hmm. Yeah, so they they done did it again. But yeah, no. But no, there's no rooting for Michigan State. That's stupid. Right? Yeah, I mean, never. That, 
the only thing we care about is like things helping out Michigan. And right now Michigan needed Michigan state to take a loss at least one. So yeah, not even if they're playing Ohio state. Yeah, no. And, and when Michigan state plays Ohio state, I just would be okay if like a meter came down and blew up the stadium. I just, I just hope they tie <laughs> even though it's not possible. And the at best case scenario would be if they tied and went into like, 12 overtimes and it just like never ended and they like started putting in second lightning delay <laughs> lightning delay oh my gosh hurricane comes in they have to postpone the game oh man that that would be funny a hurricane in ohio or michigan <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> all right all right here we got uh the next voicemail then so hey what's going on fellas about michigan um good win pretty dominant win I was a little frustrated in the uh, beginning, but I knew that a new quarterback was going to kind of be a little unsettling. But once they got settled in, I knew he was dog meat, which he was. And the end is going to be good with them one day when they get better talent. But I guess Michigan won that time to put him out there. I mean, he no, man, no. It wasn't the time to put him out there. But uh, it was a good win. I know they got dinged up a little bit. They played solid. They really did. I, I believe that they're ready to beat Penn State, ready to beat Maryland, and go into Ohio. Like, I mean, I, and I look at the Ohio State game. I know I'm, I'm, I'm skipping, but Ohio State, one, the referees cheated Nebraska. They just did. They just did. I'm glad the game is not in Columbus because I don't, I, I'll never trust refs again, but it has to get to the point where you play through the refs and you have to just have more talent. That's why I think that recruiting needs to be, you know, better like it's not on Matt Dudek level trash but it, it could it, it could be better I mean they, they have like seven slots left I think Connerly and Damani Jackson will be two of those slots which are five stars and they need to fill it out with four stars man and develop those guys no, no, all these three stars no man it's Ohio State's not getting three stars they're getting fours and fives but you know Ohio State also didn't have a few of their key players against Nebraska so I don't think that'll be the case against Michigan. I don't know. I just know that Michigan should go into that game 10-1 and 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 hopefully win. But I do have a concern. Red zone and Josh Gaddis. I mean, it can't be that hard. It just can't be that hard to score in the red zone. It, can't, it cannot be. It cannot be. It makes it more difficult than it has to be. So hopefully Donovan Edwards will be back soon. I'm not sure what's going on with him. Don't know what's up with Blake. Got to use your playmakers. Got to use Andrew. Got to use everybody you have at your arsenal. You got to use them. Like Gaddis, Gaddis makes his job harder than it has to be for whatever reason he does. I don't know why he just does. And I don't, I don't know. Even, whatever happens this year, I just don't know if he needs to be back. I don't, I don't think he's the guy for the job. You have to have somebody innovative, somebody who can spread it out. Now, what, what really gave me pause is when we saw Andrew Anthony in Game Eight at how good he was. Like, where was he games one through seven? Like, he, he didn't just learn how to play football. You got schoolmaker out there. You, I mean, you got so many weapons, man, and what happened? So, that's my only pause, Gaddis. What y'all think? Go Blue. All right, Steven, thanks for both those calls. Appreciate it. Uh, actually, yeah, one thing that I want to touch on real quick before moving on to Penn State um, that I totally kind of skipped over was um, all the – injuries that michigan took against indiana yeah it seems like every year we have injuries against 
Indiana. Oh man. Uh, yeah, it sucks. So uh, I haven't heard any updates, uh, man, I've been working so much and been so busy. I didn't get time to kind of see what the updates were and everything, but corn went down. Uh, Anthony, he was banged up too. Yeah. Anthony got banged up and, uh, even McNamara went into the tent. Uh, mm-hmm. that's why McCarthy took, uh, more snaps than probably anticipated. And, and there was more than that. I can't remember who, but there was more. And so it's just like, dude, Oh, that sucks. This just, I hate it when that happens. Um, so that can be kind of concerning. Um, I'm not overly concerned. Um, but that is uh, kind of an interesting thing for Steven to bring up is Gaddis, the red zone, and then where the heck has Anthony been all season? I know where Anthony has been all season. Anthony has been behind a run first, run second <laughs> offense. That's where borderline run third. Yes, that is where because Michigan has been run Haskins first, run Quorum second, run somebody else third, then pass the ball. That that was what the offense was for what six of the eight games, basically. So Dude. yeah, that that's where Anthony was hiding. That's why you didn't see Anthony because there was they were not passing it that much, and so when he was passing it, he was only passing it to. Uh, a couple people for the most part, it was like the tight ends and then Johnson and I don't know, maybe Sandra still, maybe Wilson, something like that. So there was no opportunity. There weren't opportunities for Anthony. And that's why he came out in the Michigan state game because they're like, Oh my gosh, did you realize that we could pass the ball? Did you, did you know that dude, there's, there's more pages back here with plays where we actually pass the ball. <laughs> they created this new thing called the forward pass. Wow. It's wild. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. So, yeah, let's uh, just a quick hypothetical. Like, let's just say um, Harbaugh stays next year. Uh, they decide to move forward. Uh, I would totally be okay with them looking for a new offensive coordinator. Uh, everybody else has been doing pretty well. I mean, I'm not getting down too nitty-gritty and everything, but um, if they decided to switch it up and get rid of Gattis, I would have no problem with that. Uh, again, I still go back to it though because I wonder how deep it goes and how much of the offense is Harbaugh more than Gaddis. But besides the point, it still comes down to Gaddis uh, for the red zone. Like that, that is still something that uh, he has more control over, even if uh, Harbaugh is involved in the play calling still. Uh, which is totally concerning. I mean, we 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 talked about it. It's field goal university. It's uh, the Michigan field goal Wolverines. So uh, totally not acceptable, totally not going to get it done if they keep it up against uh, OSU. And like I've already said, I've got my concerns about Penn State. So uh, Brandon, anything directly off the that voicemail before we start talking more about Penn State? No, I totally agree. And, you know, like what he's saying in the red zone, not being able to score – it was funny because we just got done talking about how we settle for field goals all the time. Yeah. And that's, you know, a lot of it too. I don't know why Gaddis struggles so bad. And, you know, like Steven said, I'm not sure if he's the answer. He's had a few years now to make it happen. He's got some talent to work with. Finally, I got a quarterback who's halfway decent. 
got a run game, and it's just like Michigan's play calling is so vanilla and so bland. It's run up the middle all the time. Like we hardly do any runs to the outside. Mm-hmm. You know, let alone passing plays. Well, yeah, that's uh, but that's like where my question is, and I don't even know if anyone outside of the football program knows this, but it's just like how heavily involved is Harbaugh? Because Harbaugh is a a quarterback. He is an offensive-minded coach. He probably, I can imagine, he probably doesn't get involved with the defensive schemes much at all. I, w- I mean, maybe he does. Um, I don't have any evidence for this, but he, he was a quarterback. He played quarterback. He was on the mm-hmm. offense. He knows offense. So the question is, is he hands off with the offense and letting Gaddis do all of this, or is he still heavily involved? Because there are things that we see with this offense that we've seen since 2016. You know, yeah. uh, so that that's kind of my question there, where it's just like, okay, get a new offensive coordinator. Is it really going to be that offensive coordinator's scheme, or is it still going to be like 50-50 or, you know, 75% offensive coordinator 25% Harbaugh and Harbaugh decides to be the one in charge in the red zone. I don't know, whatever that is, but I I am still, I still would not be surprised if he is um, heavily involved. I I would love to know. I bet a lot of people would love to know, but there's no real way to find out. So yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Yep. But yeah, I agree. I don't think he's he's the answer. I don't think he's going to take uh, Michigan to that next level that it needs to. Like, uh, I think a good example is Hart coming in and taking the running backs to the next level. Like you saw, you you can see a a distinct improvement. Um, you can see an improvement with the defense. Um, I think that's mainly a scheme thing maybe not McDonald taking the defense to the next level. It's just like, Hey, look, this is a scheme that actually works. Mm-hmm. So, but I guess time will kind of tell. So, um, you know, they have Clifford at quarterback, which seems like he's been the quarterback for like six years. Um, <laughs> and then they got Kane at running back and their leading receiver is Dotson. Uh, Penn State is um, more of a passing team than a rushing team. So definitely going to have to uh, have the secondary lock things down and the defensive front to continue what they're doing. Great job up front with uh, Ajabo and uh, Hutchinson. They need to get pressure on to be able to help the secondary out. Um, You know, I've said this before. I know this team can win this game. Again, I'm not even touching the last game of the season. I know this team can win this game. We've talked about how in years past, the mental toughness of Michigan teams have been problematic. This is where the team needs to put up and shut up. Like This is a, a key one for them because it is Penn State. Penn State's not as great as everybody thought, but still Penn State, and it's a road game. So it's not going to be easy. Um, It's also kind of like a a put up and shut up a little bit for Harbaugh too, because there's always a lot of comparisons about people being like, oh, Franklin's better than Harbaugh. Um, And really outside of if, 
if you looked at them outside of the 2016 season, it's easy to tell that Harbaugh has a lot better numbers than Franklin does. The only thing that Franklin has going for him is that he has one win over Ohio State and he has one Big Ten title game or a title, and that was 2016. And so if Michigan had not been screwed by that one call, Jim Harbaugh would also have one win over Ohio State, and he and mm-hmm. Michigan would have actually gone to the Big Ten title game instead of Penn State. So just by saying those two things, oh, Franklin's a better coach than Harbaugh, that's that's a very shaky thing to base that off of because when you take that out, um, because all of that uh, hinges on one bad play call, um, Jim Harbaugh has done more than Franklin. And uh, honestly, I think they have – uh, this is going to be the eighth meeting between the two coaches and um, Michigan right now has four wins to Penn State's three, but Michigan has only landed one win at Penn State under Jim Harbaugh. Um, and that was the 28 to 16 win in 2015. So that's... Um, uh, it's kind of like a, a little bit of a put up a sh- and sh- or shut up for Jim Harbaugh as, you know, oh, is Franklin better or is Jim Harbaugh better? And it's also a put up or shut up for this team because they need to show that they're mentally tough. Sure, they came out and they beat Indiana. Okay. Oh, my word. They beat a two and seven team. Good job. <laughs> and you're supposed to beat Indiana. Yeah, exactly. So now you're going on the road to Penn State where it can be difficult to win. It's not. Uh, the greatest Penn State team, but you you need to show that you can do it. So so it is a big game, um, and we need to see how and what they're going to do. So, but uh, but yeah, as I said, uh, they're more of the passing team, and kind of did that breakdown there. I mean, Michigan across the board is showing you know they get they put up more yards while. Uh, keeping the opposing teams to uh, Michigan's putting up around about 450 yards per game while keeping their opponents under 300 yards per game. Uh, Penn state is, you know, barely 20 yards difference or 30 yards difference between how much they're gaining and allowing from their opponents. So um, yeah, it'll be interesting. I'm, I'm not optimistic though. I'll be honest. Like we we've got so many years of this. And also we were just talking about the offense. Like even Steven in his voicemail talked about Gaddis and the offense. Uh, I'm not concerned about the defense. Um, Like as long as they don't do what they did against Michigan state, this defense will take care of business. Um, But this offense is like, are they going to put up enough points? Because that that offense that played it, this is what's so weird. The defense in the Michigan State game was not was not good. Like if you could take the the defense from Michigan's performance in any other game, except for the Michigan State game and the Rutgers game. They're going to be able to get the job done against Penn State. If you take the offense outside of like the last few drives in the second half, if you take the offense from the Michigan state game and combine it with that Michigan defense, then I think that they would 
probably be on the side of dominating against Penn State. But that's the thing is just that Michigan is so inconsistent. And we have only seen Michigan's offense performance. Because where was that? Hold on. Wait, where is this? So Michigan had their leading rusher had 59 yards against Michigan State. Not ideal. Not ideal. But then McNamara passed for 383 yards against Michigan State. The second highest passing yards that he had was 255 against Nebraska. Like, what, what, what was that offense? And why was that offense not there against Indiana? Like, Indiana does not have that great of a defense. If you can, if you can only put up 29 points at home against Indiana, what are you going to do on the road at Penn State? That's where my concern is, is the offense. So, Brandon, I don't know what your thoughts are or anything on that. Yeah, I'm not really too worried about Penn State. Um, they haven't really done anything yet this year that's really impressed me much. Um, I do think it'll be maybe a closer game than what we want it to be. Um, you know, just because Penn State hasn't really done too much this year doesn't mean they don't like hang into games, which they do a fair amount of times. Um, and I do think Franklin is a pretty decent coach, whether I like him or not. So I think you'll have them prepared enough to at least make it a an interesting game to watch. And I mean, that's really all we can ask for. Um, But yeah, I mean, there's nothing really that Penn State's done this year to impress me a whole heck of a lot. So I don't really, I'm not really worried about it. Yeah, I, I don't know if I would say use the word worried for me, but the thing is just like, as I was saying on being like, what, what Michigan team is going to show up uh, is right. kind of the main thing. And so, I mean, while Penn State hasn't really done anything to impress, they, they for the most part, have competed. Like, they lost to Iowa 23-20. to The Illinois game, uh, what whatever. My gosh, I don't even want to go there. But they played at Ohio State and they lost 33 to 24. Right. Um, so they kept it close. Um, but again, so that being said, is just like Penn State does not concern me. It's this Michigan team and what Michigan team shows up. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the best way for me to say that. And, you know, I guess we're gonna find out this weekend. So um, but, uh, unless you got anything else, uh, we can probably just kind of jump directly into, uh, thoughts and predictions then. So, yeah, let's do that. Rock. Uh, well, we start off with the lions. So, uh, super exciting stuff for what is that? The lions plus 8.5 at the Steelers with the over <laughs> under 42 and a half. Yeah. I'm not really expecting a great game here. Um, I don't think it's going to be very even high scoring because neither team, I mean, the Lions suck and the Steelers are kind of having a down year. Um, like I said, there is a possibility the Lions could get a win here. I'm not going to pick that because I know better now. Um, <laughs> so I'm picking kind of a low scoring game here. I think the Steelers are going to take this one 21 to 10. Okay. I don't think it's going to be really anything flashy. It's probably going to be a pretty boring game. Rock. I oh, we actually... have to mention, too, that the Lions got a new wide receiver. Oh, yeah. They picked up uh, Josh Reynolds. 
game changer. Yeah. <laughs> They're gonna... He's pretty decent. I wanted them to get him in the offseason, and they didn't. The Titans did. And then it sounds like the Titans didn't really even want to use him. So I'm not sure what that was about. Weird. Well, uh, now Lions are going to go undefeated for the rest of the season. <laughs> that would be about right. Screw themselves out of the first overall pick. <laughs> well, They're usually uh, good for that. I am definitely not expecting anything to change for the Lions. Uh, you know, another loss here. Um, I'm pretty close to what you had. Uh, I'm predicting a final score of uh, the Steelers 27, Detroit 13. Rock. So, a little bit that there. Uh, the the main event of the weekend uh, using AP poll rankings number nine Michigan on the road is negative one and a half point favorite against number twenty three Penn State over under of forty eight and a half. Um, Michigan is well, I think sixth in the um, playoff rankings. Penn State's not ranked. Not that that's really all that important. Um, so my prediction, I, I, the, I'm going off of the history and everything of what we've seen uh, for years of Harbaugh-led teams, and you know, losing to Michigan State, you know, a big game, rain to game against Michigan State, losing that that's history repeating itself. And so if we look at uh, history repeating itself, Michigan is, would not win on the road against Penn State. And so I'm, I'm going to do this as uh, we've done several times before. I want them to prove me wrong mm-hmm. because, you know, it, it's coming again. Uh, like what I just said, Penn State is not in question here. Penn State is not that great. But what is in question is what Michigan team is going to show up. And they've talked about mental toughness and all this other stuff. They only have one loss. But then even what they did against Indiana last week was not impressive to me. So I'm going to come out and I'm actually going to predict. I think I'm going to go with a score of 24 to 28 Penn State over Michigan. Okay. So. Yeah, that's a, a prove me wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and I want them to, and I, I know they can do it. I know they can do it, but from what we've seen some, some of this year, but then also seasons past, it does not lead me to believe that they are going to get it done. Yeah. So I feel a little more confident in this game. Um, like you said, you never know which Michigan team is going to show up, but I don't know. I just, I have a feeling that Penn State's really not going to be too much of a hassle. I think the, the score is going to be kind of close. Um, so that's why I went with Michigan 24, Penn State 17. Okay. So yeah, close game still, but I, I think Michigan's going to win. Right. Yeah, well, like I like I said, I know they can win, but yeah. the question is, are they going to do it? Right. Uh, anyways, I could dwell and talk about that for a long time. Uh, but moving right along into our locks then for the week, uh, for me doing the Big Ten, um, kind of another messy weekend. Not entirely sure uh, 
what to do because there are some big spreads. So I think one that I'm relatively comfortable with after Minnesota completely crapped the bed and had the chance to take control of the West, uh, they lost. And so they are, I think, yeah, they're at Iowa and Iowa's favored by five points. So I'm going to take Iowa covering the five points against Minnesota. Right. All right. What you got for the NFL? NFL um, did it good for me last week, so I'm going to stick with the Chargers. Uh, they are a three-point favorite over the Vikings, and I think they'll cover that. All right. I'm not sold on the, the NFC North outside of the Packers. Even then, like, you know, the Packers, the whole Aaron Rodgers fiasco going on right now. Oh, my word. Yeah. <laughs> so he's not going to play. So, yeah. Yeah, I kind of like anytime I see that come up, I don't even want to like read it because I'm just like, I don't like Rogers yeah. <laughs> before right. anything like this happens. So I'm just like, I don't even care what's going on. Yeah, same here. Oh, man. Um, so questions of the week. Um, I'm going on the defensive side of the ball here this time, and I'm going to uh, – my question is, will Michigan – be over under two and a half sacks for the game. <laughs> uh, Is that basically what you man. got for Lions? Yeah, it's kind of funny. Um, hmm. They've been averaging, I think, like two or three a game. They had a yeah. couple big I'm gonna ones. I'm going to say over. Okay. I'll go with over. Well, since I am, my prediction was a loss, I'm going to go with under. Um, well, actually, you know, I did say that I'm expecting the defense to, uh, I'll stick with under, even though I'm predicting that the defense will do pretty well. It's, it's the offense that I think is probably really going to be the thing that's uh, the crippling factor for Michigan, unless they go back and, open up the playbook right uh so lines what about the sacks <laughs> uh this over under is kind of pathetic though um i have the lions will get over under one sack because <laughs> we know how terrible their pass rush is mm-hmm. i'm gonna say under Ooh. Yeah, I I'm, you can't take the even because you like to try to take that way out. <laughs> uh, I'll I'll go with under then too because it's the Steelers and they have to do their best about trying to protect Big Ben because he's an old fragile giant, <laughs> a lumbering giant. He's not as mobile as he used to be. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. So. All right. Well, rock. Um, quick thing here before we finish things off. If you ever do want to call in with your th uh, thoughts, opinions on Michigan or the Lions, uh, you can call the voicemail, um, at which the number is 551-258-3276. That's 551-BLUE-BRO. Uh, call anytime before Tuesday night, 9 p.m. And your voicemail will be included in the next week's episode. Uh, we always appreciate you guys hanging out with us and uh, listening in as we talk about the Lions and Michigan football. 
Uh, we'll see how this weekend goes. And I welcome the opportunity to be proven wrong. And that's honestly what I'm hoping for. So time will tell. Time will tell. And hopefully uh, Sunday's football won't be god-awful. <laughs> Gawful. Gawful. Uh, but uh, yeah, until next time, we'll finish off with Go Blue. Go Blue. Go Blue.